This episode of our podcast is brought to you by Doolaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage for your Tesla, give Doolaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit their website at doolabaninsurance.com slash Tesla. everyone and welcome again to another edition of the tesla owners online podcast i almost screwed up on that one nailed it <laughs> nailed it nailed it nailed it oh yes uh we try to do this on a weekly basis we want to welcome everybody who comes uh, from wherever you happen to be either you're online or watching it on youtube or listen to your podcast player we welcome you this is the podcast where we talk about all things Tesla and maybe some other stuff thrown in for good measure. I am your host, Trevor Page, and I want to bring in my two co-hosts this evening, Mr. Ian Pavelko and Eric Camacho. Gentlemen, how are you doing this today, this evening? Hello. Very well, thank you. Bonjour. Excellent. Well, spring is here. May 1st is here. Lots of new stuff to talk about, obviously, because there's been some changes and stuff. Um, let's get into it. Um, one of our first articles we want to talk about here is uh, Tesla's been making some noise a little bit lately about their insurance plan that they're working on because I don't know what your experience has been, but my renewal is up in June. But my insurance company called me two days ago and said, Mr. Page, um, your underwriter is going to jack up your insurance costs $500. So we thought we'd give you a little call and let you know that we're going to be hunting around for a better deal. And I said, well, thank you very much. They did. But um, Tesla offering some kind of insurance plan on the cars, I think, is going to be very welcome in areas where maybe the rates might be a little bit excessive or they need to take into account the better safety of the cars, so on and so forth. So um, Tesla has been making um, some news a little bit lately. Some of the, the details have leaked, but I don't want to get into it because it's not really confirmed yet. But um, they did say on the last earnings call that they were going to start an insurance plan. Now, somebody uh, jumped onto Twitter um, a couple of days ago, I'm just going to bring up the tweet here so you can see it. Someone by the name of Speedy, he was asking if there's anything you do to help with UK's insurance situation. And Elon responded to them and said, uh, we're working on it. T uh, it takes time to get all the regulatory approvals. He says, almost there for the larger US states, at least six to 12 months for Europe. No mention of other countries or Canada. So anybody else who's asking about that, we don't have the details yet. I don't know what your insurance uh, situation is, but um, I had to um, change, well, the company changed my insurance to a different underwriter. They went with CA, which is the equivalent of the AA down in the States. And uh, yeah, my deductible had to go back up again. So sad, but I saved some money. So how about you, Ian? Are you changing? You Everything's okay on your end? I almost don't want to say because I'm going to jinx it, but the insurance in this car was insanely cheap. It actually came in about $100 under what I was paying for my uh, my eight-year-old A4, which blew my mind. Um, and it was with the same – actually, no, sorry. It was with a new company. The, um, the underwriter is RSA, but they were super competitive. I mean, hmm. mind-blowingly cheap. for the Considering the car was double the value of the A4 and it's brand new, and I have replacement value on it. I mean, the yeah, whole I do thing, too. I, I couldn't believe how reasonable it was. I have to think, because it was one of the per first performance cars to come in, I don't think they understand what it is. They just think it's like some fully optioned basic Model 3. So I'm not telling them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep that one under our hats. 
It's like, no, you know, it's faster than 90% of the Lamborghinis ever built. They don't need to know this information. Yeah, yeah. How about you, uh, Eric? Any changes on your end that you know of so far? I mean, you've had your car for a year now, so. Right. Nothing substantial. Uh, you know, I have, uh, I won't name my insurance company just for uh, privacy reasons, but um, my, my rate's been fairly steady. Uh, I'm paying less than $200 per month U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to save more. I've seen the sort of the numbers fluctuate a bit, but uh, thankfully so far I haven't had a, a claim for anything. Um, I'm paying about... Last I checked, about sixty or so dollars more per month than I had with my Honda Fit, uh, and that was a 2012 Honda Fit uh, a year ago. So, all in all, it's, it's considerably uh, inexpensive compared to what the value of the car is. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I haven't really tried shopping for insurance rates lately. Um, but I know some people have been switching companies. It's not an uncommon thing. Uh, you should always shop your rates if you can every every six months to a year if you want. And uh, yeah, so far so good. Kind of like health insurance in the U.S.? It, I mean, in, in a way, yes, but because of... Um, so in Florida specifically, like our rates are sometimes higher than most other markets in the country because of the frequency and the number of accidents we have here. So it always depends on where you live will determine what your rates are. So if you don't live in a dense area, if you live in an area where there's fewer accidents, lower populations, and your rates are obviously better. Um, because of the safety features of my car, there are certain discounts I do get through my insurance company but they're negligible. It's a few dollars here, a few dollars there. Um, so it is It is something that I sort of look at a bit when I was shopping around, but I got a lower rate when I initially was pricing them. Almost in most cases, about 50 to 60 less per month. I was seeing quotes of like 240 a month and I'm paying under 200 now. So oh, that's good. It, it really depends where you with. And in my case, because I also have renter's insurance, uh, they bundled the two together and I get a 5% discount on my auto insurance. So it's a case-by-case basis for me. Uh, probably won't make any change for now while I have my tenancy and, and my rental. Yeah. Um, but it is it is something that uh, I've seen that if I've gone to different markets and talked to different people and their rates are, are much lower. Hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta like those multi-line discounts. I have I switched last year. I switched my insurance over and my house insurance as well. Um, my wife has her own policy with another company, mm-hmm. and they said, "Well, you should come and at least take a look, and you can give him a multi-line discount and all this other stuff." But um, yeah, that's up for her. <laughs> she hasn't gotten around to it. She's a very busy lady, so mm-hmm. yeah. I, so I, I, I just want to come back on in this because like <laughs> I'm having heart palpitations. It's twenty four hundred dollars a year. For Florida, for a Model Three, is that? My yeah, um, I mean, right the insurance for <laughs> for my car is is, is somewhat high uh, compared to other other cars in the market. But again, I mean, I went from a twenty thousand dollar car that I bought back in twenty twelve to now a sixty thousand dollar car. Wow. So on a on a cost basis, I don't see it as unreasonable. But no, no, the, the the amount you went up actually is super, super reasonable considering, you know, you only went up what did sound like about 40, 30% or something? Roughly about 30%. But yeah. because of where I'm at here in South Florida, we there's, I mean, there's accidents galore down here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's not unusual. South Florida, specifically in the Tri-County area of West Palm Beach, uh, I'm sorry, Palm Beach County, Broward County, and Miami-Dade County, see some of the highest insurance rates in the country. Uh, Miami is notorious for the amount of accidents they have down there. Um, so again, I, I sort of 
took what I had and said, I'm, I'm fine with this. Because when I, I shopped various companies before I got my car last April, and again, I was seeing rates well over $200 per month. And mind you, the car had been out at least a fair amount of time, but insurance companies, I, I, I thought at the time, didn't really understand how to value the vehicle. Because mm-hmm. um, the rates they were giving were really obscure. I mean, I talked to some Model S owners who were paying less per month than what the Model 3s were being quoted for at the time with insurance rates. So um, I haven't shopped since then, haven't felt the need to do that. But um, yeah, the <laughs> it is well over $2,000 a year. Now, granted, you can certainly, in Flo- like in Florida, there's certain insurance coverage you have to have, uh, like for personal injury and, and that sort of thing. Um, so there's some laws that, that uh, are required to have that. And, um, you know, you can have certain deductibles. So if your deductible is higher, you might pay a lower premium. But then if you're in an accident, then you're paying more out of pocket. So it's it's sort of what you need. But Florida has established some of these insurance minimums uh, for coverage that you have to have by law. Yeah, right. Insurance insurance is very, very localized in terms of what cost mm-hmm. you have. You can live in areas where, you know, you, you'll pay lower than other places. I live, a, I'm like you, I live in an area where there is a large concentration of, of people. And of course, just by factor that there's a lot of uh, traffic. Uh, the rates are a little higher now. Fortunately for me, in my case, like before I had my Tesla, I had a I had a Lincoln, and um, I, you know the insurance was maybe twelve hundred bucks a year, something like that. It's been average for me. Um, and then when I got the Tesla, the only thing I added to that was replacement, and that jacked up my premium maybe a hundred bucks. Hmm. But then they came to me and they said, uh, "Yeah, we want you know almost two thousand bucks, which was another you know five hundred dollar increase." So after switching and and things around, I think it, my premium went up forty for the whole year. Mm. So they were able to save me some money. However, my deductible went through the roof because I had a um, I think yeah I forget what it was, but oh well, I figured you know what. <laughs> Maybe next year I'll take the full value replacement off. Who knows? Well, but <laughs> the first two years are expensive, yeah. right? So my my rental gets more expensive later as you go. So yeah, sorry. my rental insurance for the year that I live in this apartment is I have about ten thousand dollars worth of coverage on my policy. Yeah. It cost me seventy dollars. Uh oh. Oh, did we lose Eric? We lost Eric. Personal facts. <laughs> but Whoops, my, there my, we go. He's my, back. He's back. Yeah. We lost you for a second. Yeah, my feed's been weird. So, but no, I was saying that uh, it's $70 for the year for $10,000 worth of coverage, or it is, you know, $2,000 for my car, which is only six times what I've appraised it for. So it's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, insurance works like that. House insurance is relatively cheap, all things considered, because mm-hmm. it's an immovable object. It just sits there. So, you know, barring an act of God or a fire or something like that, it's not really going anywhere. So, yeah. All right. Well, enough talk about insurance. We got some more stuff to talk about. Now, the biggest news, of course, this week that uh, that happened is our friends in the UK, the order page for Model 3 finally went live yesterday on May 1st. There's some other changes that are coming. But uh, yeah, so we've got, uh, we had a bunch of reports, of course, on Twitter and on the forum that everybody's very excited. They finally got a chance to order their cars. Um, now, someone also just hopped on Twitter because um, there are some other UK uh, areas that are not available to order the Model, th- um, or, uh, the Model 3 yet, um, and Elon said that they were going to be coming in the next few weeks. Uh, specifically, let me just bring up this tweet here from this gentleman here. Uh, he asked about Poland, and uh, Elon said he's hoping to cover all of Europe uh, sometime this year. So there's no real given timeline on that. He just said this year. So I apologize. I said weeks, but it could be, um, uh, you know, could be months on that case. So it's coming. It's just logistics on their part. I don't think they just have everything kind of sorted out and stuff. So one thing at a time, 
I would suspect that we will see Australia go live probably. Well, let me think here. They're starting production. This is the start of the second quarter. Got to get UK in. So if we don't see it, it might be sometime maybe in another couple weeks or so. It should be pretty quick. Um, because right now, as we know, uh, Tesla builds foreign cars at the start of a quarter so they can get them on the ships so they can be counted at the end of the quarter. So UK and Australia being right-hand drive cars, um, I would suspect it won't be too much longer for Australia. So uh, who knows, tomorrow might be another day and we might get another tweet and they say, hey, it's open by chance. So anyways, good news for everybody who's been waiting for right-hand drive Model 3s. Um, let's see here. Um, okay, here's the, we're going to talk about the big elephant in the room here because... <laughs> Uh, electric vehicle incentives. So Canada, <clears throat> finally, on May 1st, which was another pretty big significant date that we've been talking about for some time now, we now have a federal electric vehicle incentive program. Now, prior to May 1st, um, there were only a few provinces that had stuff. Like here where I live in Ontario, we had uh, an EV incentive program that ran up until July of last year when it was uh, unceremoniously cancelled. So since then, we haven't had anything, but we've had two other provinces, BC and Quebec, that still run their um, electric vehicle incentives. And we've been saying a long time that doing it on a provincial basis, it would be like going to the U.S. and saying all 50 states have to have their own program. It's not really a fair situation. It should be at the federal level. Well, lo and behold, we now have something at the federal level. So that kicked in on May 1st, and uh, of course there was a lot of noise because when it was announced, the Model 3 didn't qualify. It was nowhere to be seen on the list, so of course that made people very upset. One of the things about the EV incentive in Canada at the federal level is that the car has to have a uh, maximum cap of $45,000 or $55,000 if the car has six seats or more. So there were some weird shenanigans going on in there. Well, lo and behold, um, I woke up at about 3.30 the morning yesterday, and uh, I saw that uh, Tesla, or not only did the EV incentive list come online, but Tesla had posted something on their website, and I'm going to bring it up here so everybody can read it. So they say the $5,000 rebate for individuals purchasing vehicles with a base MSRP under $45,000 before including delivery center fees. The following Tesla vehicles now qualify for the federal incentive. So the 2019 Model 3 standard range with a range of 150 kilometers... We'll talk about that in a second. That's 90 miles, people. That's 93 miles, people. Coming in at $44,999. Literally $1 under there. Uh, call or visit a Tesla store to order. This is off menu. You cannot order it online. This is the standard range that they've been talking about with the fabled $35,000 car. Anyways, the other one that qualifies is the uh, standard range plus with a range of 386 kilometers. Um and uh, they've put a price down for that car, $53,700. So it certainly is under the $55,000 cap. Now, apparently the government has adjusted it now so that any car... Um, there's some leniency as far as options. I haven't been able to read exactly what's going on, but uh, the... Um, I, I can explain that one, Trev. Oh, oh go ahead. Please do yeah, that. I've looked into it a little bit, and it's fairly straightforward in that the base model of the car has to come in at under 45000 if there are higher level trims uh, based okay, on that same car, that they are allowed to go up to 55000 So you can either add options onto your $45,000 base car, or you can buy a higher trim level as long as the total is under 55000 But if okay. there's no 
base version under 45, even if, if you know, like there was a base version of 47, it doesn't qualify. So you need that that placeholder of 44,999, and then you can add up to 10,000 on top of it. So that's how they're able to get the SR Plus in. Okay. Um, by the way, if you live in BC or Quebec, you can stack the rebates in those provinces over and above. So the federal level, everybody qualifies. It's not a tax uh, incentive or anything. We've seen receipts that people have been ordering from these cars. The dealers, including Tesla, are taking it off the top of the price of the car. They will submit the paperwork afterwards. So you don't have to do anything. It's nice and simple. So again, if you live in BC or Quebec, you can addition, you can add those rebates. So I think in BC's case, if you have the Scrap It program and all the other stuff, you can get up to $16,000 off. So really good deal. Um, I would implore Ontario to get back onto the bandwagon because uh, <laughs> they need That's to set an example. It's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen, but so one can wish. All right, let's talk about the standard range Model 3. 150 kilometers. 90 miles. 93 miles. <laughs> Um, ain't happening. Nobody's going to order this car. No, like who in their right mind would order a $45,000 car that can go 150 kilometers in the summer? Get, get an Nissan Leaf. Not going to happen. Yeah, it's it's the most the world's most expensive first generation Leaf is what you're, you're essentially yeah. buying there. Exactly. Now, the interesting thing, and I think we've been asked this a lot uh, on Twitter and Center, is can you unlock the car at a later date? Um, but we well, just well, go ahead, Trev. Well, there's been a lot of confusion because as soon as I saw this, I immediately sent emails to Tesla to ask him for clarification on the matter. And the information that I got back was saying that we don't have all the processes in place. The understanding is that it will be software unlockable. Um, they also told me that essentially what you're going to be doing is paying the price difference between the standard Model 3 range or the standard range Model 3 and going to the SR Plus, which is some $8,700. Um, however, um, there has been some conflicting information uh, according to the rules of the program that, uh, you know, it's not possible and stuff. So we don't have an exact definitive answer. I know Fred at Electric uh, said that they got back to him and said that, no, there's not going to be a software upload. So... I don't know. It's typical Tesla at this point. Until we have something official and it's actually up on the page, we really don't know what, what the situation is. My personal opinion here at this point is that this is a, a lost leader. It is a shell game to get this car under the rebate program. Um, I mean, the standard range Model 3, we know Mark Benton ordered one, and what he got was essentially standard range plus, and it hasn't been locked yet. So I don't know what's going on with Tesla as far as the standard range Model 3, but... Uh, oh, the other thing, too, is I also asked them, I said, well, what's the deal with the 220-mile standard range model yeah, available in the U.S.? Yeah. And they said, not happening. They are not bringing it into Canada. So until something happens at this point, uh, that car just basically does not exist for all intents and purposes. It's basically a standard range model plus. That's what you can order. See, my thing was uh, I would... If I had to do this, because we talked about this before we, we started we, recording, yeah. and, you know, to me, logically, if you have any inclination that you want to go with the 386-kilometer, you know, slash 240-mile range car, then, yeah, do it up front, because at least you can roll it all into the payments. It's a lot less painful when you're adding that. Absolutely. I mean, think of about all the people that didn't order yeah. autopilot. Yeah. And then they're like, well, maybe I'll buy it later and then find out, oh, my God, I mean, how am I going to come up with the money for it? So yeah, it's always best to roll it in, as you said, into your loan or whatever. So. Having said that, if, if it comes up that, they'll unlock 
the normal potential of the SR, that is the 220 mile, 340 kilometer version, for what the difference was, because that car was originally listed, what, 47.5 or something, Canadian? Yeah, for, yeah, like 47. Call it 47, yeah. So for only 2,000 more, you, you could go from 150 kilometers range to, you know, 340. Hell yeah. I think a lot of people would want to do that. But Absolutely. doesn't sound like that's an option. Uh, that's no, a- and I asked them that, and they said, they're just not doing that car. So essentially, for all intents and purposes, everybody's going to be buying the standard range plus. You still get your rebate. Because even if you bought the standard range and you had to pay the cost difference minus the rebate, um, you're not ahead any. You're paying the same yeah. amount of money. So yeah. basically, our our opinion is just buy the standard range plus. This is essentially a shell game at this point. I, I'm disappointed in the sense that they, what they didn't do was maybe play the game like you said. You know, okay, so you offer it at 45, and then after purchase, you you pony up the 2,000 bucks, yeah. and then they unlock it, and then off you go. I think that would make you know a lot of people happy because you get the rebate somehow. Um, well, I know it's not after fact comes off the top of the price, but let's say you actually got a check in the mail. So you spend, you know, a couple thousand bucks, you still got 3000 bucks in your pocket, but it's not happening. It's not happening. Um, oh, by the way, if you go price one of these cars online on Tesla, they're rolling in the $1,300, um, delivery fee into the final price. So you won't see it as a separate line item. So even though we're saying 537, it's, it's, it's actually more like, um, uh, 55, uh, because they're rolling in the thirteen hundred dollar um, delivery fee plus a dollar uh, ten dollar uh, omvic fee that's required by everybody up here to pay. So it's interesting, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. A lot of us were always wishing that um, you know we'd actually get the fabled thirty five thousand dollar car, but at this point it just does not look like it's actually going to happen. And Tesla's been backpedaling and they've been pushing this. It's not to say that they probably won't offer it in the future, but right now. I don't think it's, I mean, they've been, back, they've been uh, you know, cutting back on their planned closures of stores and doing these other things to try to get the car out, and they backed off from that. So, I don't know, man. Well, Eric, Eric, you got any thoughts on this as, as far as what's going on? Like, as far as I'm concerned, the standard range Model 3, for all intents and purposes, it's dead. It's, not, it's just not going to happen. Um, I'm not sure we have Eric on the line anymore. Oh, we, we well, it looks like it's a duo tonight. We lost yeah. Eric. We're having some connectivity problems tonight, folks. I, I apologize. We're we're having a flip-flop. We've been using Skype for some time now, and it's been acting a little funny, so we've gone back to Google. So um, anyways, we'll just, um, you know, if Eric comes back in, um, we will continue on. Any last thoughts on this, uh, Ian? No, I, I think we've covered that real well. I mean, uh Clearly, the, the SR is still real in the U.S. You can you can walk into any store or you can phone in and you can still order it. So, like, it, we, it's not completely dead. Let's not say that. But uh, in Canada, yeah, it's not happening. You, that, that's what I meant when I said it's dead. Yeah. I'm just referring to our particular situation. So. Exactly. Exactly. So, oh, well, just like we called the other episode, you know, Standard Model 3, we hardly knew you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, in, in Canada. The one yeah. thing I will throw out there, though, is think about it this way. Like, I always tried to see the glass half full. Prior to the federal credit existing, you were, you know, your best option in Canada was $47,000. And unless you were in uh, BC or uh, or Quebec, that was it. You had to pony up 47000 Yes. 340-kilometer range car. Now, with this extra $5,000 off, you can go up to a $53,000 car, take your 5K credit, that brings you back to 48. So for only $1,000 more than you would have had to pay for the base model SRSR, 
you're getting another 40 kilometers of range and lots of extra goodies as far as the interior features go. No, absolutely. The SR Plus is a great value. And autopilot, don't Mm -hmm. forget. So, you know, looked at that way, I think, which is the fair way to look at it. uh, This is is a win, I think, for most buyers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, moving along, the next one we want to talk about here is uh, for you know it's been making the rounds a little bit on Twitter, but I don't think a lot of people are aware here. The uh, referral program uh, up until the end of May uh, has a bump. So if you're interested in buying any one of the Teslas except for the Model Y, it doesn't qualify at this point. And for some reason, people are having difficulty using referral codes in Europe. I suspect the Tesla will get that sorted out. Anyways. So uh, from now until the end of May, if you order a Tesla, an SX or a 3, you will receive 5,000 miles or 7,500 kilometers in your Tesla account. So each person gets it in their account. So you get some free supercharging. Um, It it goes into your account. It is cumulative. So uh, if you don't have free supercharging in your car, well, you can use these for for all of these. So... Um, it's a good little bonus if anybody's interested. Well, you can use any one of our referral codes. We put them in the uh, in the show description and then in the comments, and you can use those if you'd like that. So uh, once again, until the end of May, if you're interested in getting a Tesla, you can use somebody's referral code. Anybody doesn't matter. Get that free 5,000 mile or 7,500 kilometer free supercharging. Pretty good perk. Tesla knows how to pull those demand levers. I think. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No, there. Every time we think, okay, they're there's no nor new tricks. There's a new trick. They always have something to pull out of their sleeves. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Um, the next uh, bit here, and I, I'm going to play the video here, that um, there is a new enhanced summon video that just surfaced. Um, now, before I play the video, we just have to be clear. An enhanced summon's been delayed. Now, Elon had tweeted some time ago that it was going to be coming out, and they said that uh, they found some edge cases, I'm assuming at this point, um, that they needed a few more weeks to uh, refine it. And uh, even the latest uh, software update that's been uh, going out to cars, which is 2019 12.1 or a, a further dot one, because I just got 12.1.1 last night. Um, still, again, no sign of enhanced autopilot uh, or sorry, enhanced summon, I should say. That's the one where you can push the button and the car comes out of the parking lot and follows you and finds you. Um, I've also heard on Twitter that some people who did have it was removed in the latest software update. So don't be surprised if you're in that program that it gets pulled. Anyways, I'm going to show this so video real quick. Again with another video it's quite impressive. Tesla's it's a blue Model summit. 3. Now, this is and where uh, it pushes the button. The car goes into reverse and it pulls out. In a parking lot and uh, like dutifully that. comes around and uh, finds the times. owner who's sitting off to the side there with his phone. Some the observations with this video the car looks is like. that... Um, and from the phone app, <laughs> yeah there's some onlookers that come around and like what, what? what? what's Tesla going on this is pretty impressive it's going to be a pretty neat party trick video, when we get so it. definitely stick around for that um, i think i've said in previous it seems to have some difficulty in um, and, and this is probably i don't i don't can't speak to this yet because I don't know exactly what's going on. But when the car comes around the uh, the bend and comes to the owner, it seems to make a beeline for the owner instead of staying on this is going to be something that's on the right hand side of the road for somebody who's or the parking lot. So or if you want to be picked um, up when it's pouring down, you know, in the absence of other cars, it's basically going to do this line. unless they fix but it in some ways to try and keep the car over to one side or the other. But anyways, still pretty impressive. I'm going to stop to get to your phones. You guys will see this online if you haven't seen it. Watch our video. And the podcast on our YouTube channel, and you'll see exactly what, uh, what I'm talking about. Again, links to the videos and everything we talk about will be in the podcast description if you want to check it out for yourself. So, and pretty impressive. Looks, I, 
I was going to say, it looks like we've got an Eric back. Oh, Eric is you, back. Yeah. Hello. There you are. Okay. Did you get an Amazon delivery? <sighs> Technology at its finest. Yes, yes. Well, we were just talking about Enhanced uh, Summon and the video that surfaced. So, um, Right. Oh, so we're starting the show over. Got it. All right, good. <laughs> we I wanted, apologize. I, wanted, for, go I was going to say, I want to apologize. I wanted to go back to just something for a second before we, I lost my connection, which is on the referral program. Okay. Um, if you guys could uh, indulge me for just one second. The one thing I think is interesting about the program is we knew not long ago that the program was sort of dead in the water. There wasn't going to be much of a program at all. And then we were introduced to the 1,000 miles of free supercharging, which is great. Uh, I, I don't understand why. Maybe there's a reason. <laughs> I haven't figured it out. Why now we'd have the, the 5,000 mileage opportunity. Um at a time where it's not, it's not like it's the end of the quarter. It's, you know, it's, it's just weird. The timing of it's kind of strange. It's only good till most of May. Um, but that being said, it is, it is great that we're doing it. But the one thing I will say is I'm someone who generally has no interest in sharing my code. I know a lot of folks out there do. Um, if you, if you find that if you're an owner and your only reason for getting your code out there is just to get free mileage. I, my personal opinion is reassess a few things in your life, would you please? <laughs> um, th the idea of the referral program is to, one, carry out Tesla's mission. First and foremost, that's what it's for. I agree. But the, but the more important thing is, you know, if you're someone who's out there talking about the company, whether it's, it's Tesla Energy, the vehicles, or anything else, what you're doing is you're helping to broaden the base to what Tesla's doing and how it's going to benefit the consumer. So if you, whether you get person to, to buy the car now with a referral code or they do it four months from now, it's fine. Um, I, for one, don't drive enough or use superchargers enough to warrant the benefit. So if you're out there listening to the show and you want to use any of our referral codes or the countless others you find on the various Tesla channels or around Twitter or whatever it is, by all means, have at it. Um, but again, we're here to inform and educate. So if you, as a potential owner, feel like you want to thank us for doing so, you have your opportunity. Um, but again, it's I, I'm still puzzled by why the the short term five thousand like they signed they went like two thousand. They didn't go to like twenty five hundred. They yeah, just jumped five. To like five times the amount um, for a matter of weeks. So great, thanks, awesome. Um, but I can't even now think about driving five thousand supercharging miles. Uh, in a few years, but uh, but yeah, that's just me. I just wanted to yeah. put my two cents out there with that. No, I, I agree. Um, uh, I almost forgot here. Each referral also gives you five chance. I, I forgot to mention this there too, though. But um, each referral now also gives you five chances to win a Founders Series Model Y or a Roadster supercar. Tesla owners who already have free supercharging uh, get ten chances to win. Mm -hmm. So uh, guys like me who have supercharging included, because when I bought my Model X, it was still included at the time. So that gives me 10 chances out of, I don't know how many others and stuff like that. Not like I need any more cars in my life at this point, but uh, whatever. <laughs> so use some, use somebody's referral code, please. Uh, get we, that perk. It's, it's nice to have. We, we had that debate over dinner tonight at my house, which is like, you know, if you get the roaster, you got to sell it, right? Like, you're not going to keep that. It's way too expensive a car. I'm like, going to sell the three is what i'm gonna do <laughs> there's no friggin way i'm gonna sell the roadster if i win that are you kidding that's the car they're gonna bury me in i would me i would sell the roadster i can do a lot more with the money for that car than it would with the money i would sell for my model three 
Oh, a- any sane person would. I don't fit that definition. Well, we, we know so. we know you're not sane, <laughs> um, but we also but also to be fair, you are uh, um, a speed enthusiast. So it it makes sense that the roadster would be your your next love child. Yes, that's an excellent way to describe it. But you, you know what, though? Other than the fact that it, the, the acceleration hurts the fluid in your eyeball, <laughs> I, I still love how Franz <laughs> describes that. But uh, no, what blows me away is the idea that this thing, and I'm, I'm skipping it ahead. We're, we're about to talk about that. But the range. Oh, A thousand God, kilometers. The range. Yes. The traveling you could do. Yeah. Actually, let's jump ahead a little bit because that was something we were going to talk about. But since we're talking about the Roadster, let's mm-hmm. uh, let's get in here because our good friend Ryan McCaffrey, who runs the Ride the Lightning Tesla podcast. If you're not a subscriber, you're dead to me. Please make sure you subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that goes for, I think, for all three of us. Yes, yes. Ryan's a great guy. He's a good friend of ours. Um, really he jumped funny. onto a, a, a Twitter uh, thread here with Elon. says, is the Roadster going to be 620 miles or is there any of the S's new efficiencies going into that too and uh, pushing the range dramatic boss even higher elon responded the range will be above 1000 kilometers and i'm like uh. so we don't know exactly what's going on here there's probably going to be some efficiencies maybe in the motors i mean there's been talk about the maxwell thing it might be too soon for maxwell by the way there's a really great video that i found uh, where somebody did a really deep dive on tesla's future battery technology and what maxwell technologies really brings in terms of ultra capacitors and the uh, dry lithium process that they use for um, printing the, the cells, if you will. Uh, very fascinating. Um, some of that stuff has real potential to really um, give Tesla another edge. And as far as I know, the Maxwell purchase is still hasn't been finalized yet. I could be wrong, but I haven't been following it that close. But it hasn't been finalized yet. Um, and at the last, or was it the, I think it was the autonomy day thing that Elon said that they were going to possibly do one just for batteries, possibly later this year, maybe next year. So, yeah. So if they do a deep dive like they, that, like they did there for what they will do, I mean, they're not going to give away their secret sauce, of course, because that's too important to them. That's a lot of intellectual property. Um, but if they do that for, for batteries and really educate the public on what they're doing, and if it coincides with what they're doing with, uh, with Maxwell, we should see some really um, neat neat stuff coming out of that so yeah so so um some good range increases again they've been very very quiet about the roadster situation they haven't even they they didn't even mention the car during the last earnings call they mentioned semi and model y for next year there is a possible chance of model y um it's probably been put on the back burner it wouldn't surprise me it's not a priority for them um i've always kind of figured this would be a 2021 car, so I'm not really making any kind of expectations as far as that's concerned. But uh, but speaking of the autonomy day, because they had the red Roadster on display, and um, some of the people that were there uh, photographed it and actually sat in it, and we have a very good look. Unfortunately, I can't. Uh, I'm not going to play the video that the person took, but we have a very good look at the rear seat. Now, this comes from a uh, redditor called uh, Back Street at Night. Thank you very much posted this picture i'm going to blow it up a little, a little bit here maybe so you guys can see it there we go so uh certainly bigger than the original roadster uh which you could barely fit a set of golf co- uh, golf clubs in there but it looks large enough where you, the seat definitely looks like it goes back or, or the rear seat folds down so you can get some more room in there we do know that the target cover is that what we call it 
on a car like this where just the yeah. top comes off? A target, roof, sure. a target? Okay. So the target fits in the back. Looks like you could put, um, you know, some decent sized luggage in there. Again, no mention if there's a frunk on this car. In my personal opinion, it would not be a Tesla without a frunk. Even if it's small, you got to have something in there. So I don't know. This this thing is looking better all the time. The, the more we see it, it's looking, uh, it's looking pretty impressive. Um, I mean, Ian and I were fortunate at the Model Y event to have stood like two feet away from this thing. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. You had it's, to remind us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. It's, a lot of carbon fiber uh, on that car. There's a lot. You know what? It would not surprise me, based on the weight of this car, that the body might end up being carbon fiber. I wouldn't put it really? past them. I yeah. wouldn't put it past them. Well, for a low production car, it, it kind of makes sense. If it, I mean, how they're going to build these in you know the the, the thousands a year, you know, like it's mm -hmm. going to be in the four digits. So yeah. it's it's that volume level. It it makes sense. Not at a hundred thousand cars, but at, at five, six, seven, sure. Mm. Well, if anybody's interested in a roaster, I'm going to sell one of mine. <laughs> Get in touch with me. I'll make it worth your while. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, have, I don't have to wait. I can't save enough. I could I could go, like, walk in the streets of New York City, finding every coin I could, and I still wouldn't even have enough to put the, you know, the down payment on the car. Uh, well, I, I've, I've been thinking about it a little bit more recently, and obviously <clears throat> I can't keep both. I, I definitely have to sell one for, for paying for the tax exposure on the car and stuff. But uh, if anybody's interested, wants to take one off my hands, get in touch with me. Uh, we'll work out some kind of deposit or something like that, where you can secure the car without giving Tesla $250,000 in advance. A kidney? So, a kidney. Uh, no, no, we'll work something out. I, I, I'm sure there's people out there who would like to have one of these things, but oh, yeah. uh, can't afford the outlay because Tesla wants five grand up front and then $250,000. We're talking about the founders here, but uh, yeah, so five grand up front and $250,000 within 10 days. So you have to pay in full for the car. Mm. So if somebody wants one of these things, uh, wants to take one off my hands, get in touch with me. We'll do some kind of deposit thing so you can get it and you don't have to outlay that kind of money. When Anyways. do you think you would take delivery? Oh, I'm, I'm not figuring until 2021 at this point. Okay. Yeah. So lots of time. Save your shekels. <laughs> <laughs> Operators are standing by. Yes, exactly. We're really... Okay. I, <clears throat> sorry, I didn't mean to sound like uh, Jerry Lewis there for a bit, but uh, whatever. Um, moving along, uh, Gigafactory 3. Have you guys been paying attention to this thing? This monster is, is, is chooching. You know, I have to remember, I have to remind people, the Gigafactory, uh, I'm going to show some pictures here in a second. The Gigafactory, the groundbreaking ceremony was January 7th of this year. So not even five months ago, okay? This thing was a swamp, okay? Now, thanks to our good friend Jay in Shanghai on Twitter, um, he has posted a recent picture <laughs> of the Gigafactory, and look at this thing. It is actually taking shape. There, now, so this picture is the render that Tesla put out. So it's got this uh, one corner that seems to be cut and stuff. And this is the recent picture. The walls are actually going up on the sides. That cut is on the side. It looks like they have about less than one quarter left to actually build as far as the shell is concerned. Now, when Elon said that they were going to have this thing built by the end of May, I was like, no freaking way, man. Um, but uh, I'm taking that back. <laughs> China, baby, China style. Yeah, it, this is in, this is insane. How fast they're building this thing? Yeah. This is crazy. That's how they roll. Now, so the the result scuttlebutt going around. Well, here's the thing: they can they can have the shell ready by the end of the month. It doesn't mean they're going to be building cars. They got to spend the next four, five, six months installing equipment, running. Um, 
pilot programs, testing the equipment, uh, you know, running, you know, putting the concrete floors in, all that kind of stuff. There was a report, and I don't have it here in front of me, but there was a worker. Now this is completely unconfirmed and stuff, and it's not even official for Tesla, that they said they're trying to shoot for a initial pilot program to build some stuff um, sometime in September. So, but my money's more really towards the end of this year because even though you have yeah. a shell, you still got to put equipment in there. You got to test the equipment. Um, there's production testing you got to do. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of processes and stuff, but still very encouraging to see this factory bid built out this, this fast. Makes you wonder why we can't build this stuff <laughs> this fast over here. I mean, we still got the Gigafactory one and it's not even, it's still only a third finished. So something's going on. I don't know what it is, but. Well, part of it could be, you know, locality. It's permitting processes. It's the number of workers you have, the availability of resources. I mean, when China does things over there, they tend to do it pretty big and pretty quickly. Um, there's a reason there's only one great wall. Um, <laughs> so, so you know, it's, it, is, it is baffling at how fast it's been happening, but there are certain reasons why they can build things at different paces than we do here in the States. Um, you know, we have OSHA here in the U.S., uh, you know, and other worker uh, unions and things like that that indicates how many, how much hours you can work and, you know, safety regulations and all sorts of stuff. So not to say that they're not having something similar over in China. I'm certainly not familiar with China construction, uh, but I'm sure there are reasons why it's uh, a drastic different build time than it is here in the States. I will say this. My parents went to China <clears throat> a couple of years ago, and they they came back uh, thoroughly impressed with the amount of building and structure that they do there and, mm -hmm. and the actual relative speed of how they do things there. It just seems to be they have a, a get-it-done attitude uh, with a lot less red tape, bureaucratic red tape. Um, yeah. And Tesla was able to secure financing in China for this thing largely so. Um, they're, they, they, they seem to recognize the potential of this company over there and they want the business. And so it's looking which, really, which promising. China needs, I mean, they're they, between China and the U S we're the top two producers of carbon emissions in the world. Um, you know, in China, I mean, it's, it's, you'll see all kinds of images where there are a lot of folks who are residents in China walking around with face masks because the air quality is so poor. Um, and that, you know, varies day by day. So it's, it's interesting that they're doing it, it's great they're doing it, um, but the expediency and the importance of why they have to do it is uh, definitely uh, a long-told story. If they can pull off the same thing, maybe in Europe, because they will have to build one in, in Europe eventually, I'll be mm -hmm. very impressed. Uh, but this China thing is uh, certainly um, going to be a model for uh, what's going to be coming in the future. I think uh, in a lot of ways it'll be, uh, I think a lot of people are really going to be very interested to see how they pull this off. FineLab has a line of protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at FineLab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla. We were meant for each other. All right. Uh, the next article comes courtesy of Tesla Roddy. It looks like, well, it doesn't look like, it's actually a done deal that Elon Musk and his lawyers have reached a settlement with the SEC. So it looks like they put their big boy pants on 
And uh, basically no punishment. So the shorts are having a, a field day with this one here because they were sure that Tesla was, or, uh, Elon was going to be put into the slammer. But uh, they do have some stricter rules as far as what he can say. So I'm, I'm very, very quickly going to read off. Um, and the legal brief is here is at the bottom. But I'm going to read off some of the stuff that they can do or what he can and cannot do. Um, so the following section is the joint filing outline uh, topics that require review and pre-approval. So they're saying that uh, potential or proposed mergers, acquisitions, dispositions, tender offers, or joint ventures can't be talked about. Production numbers or sales or delivery numbers, whether actual, forecasted, or projected, that have not been previously published via pre-approved written communications issued by the company or deviate from previously published uh, official company guidance. Next bullet point says new or proposed business lines that are unrelated to then existing business lines. Uh, pres presently includes vehicles, transportation, and sustainable energy products. Uh, projection, forecast, or estimate numbers regarding the company's business that have not uh, been previously published in official company guidance or deviate from pub uh, previously published official company guidance. Events regarding the company's securities, including Musk's acquisition or disposition of the company's securities, credit facilities or financing or lending arrangements, non-public legal or regulatory findings or decisions, any event requiring the filing of a Form 8K by the company with the, with the SEC, including a change in control or a change in the company's directors, any principal executive officers, uh, officers President, principal, financial officer, principal, accounting officer. So anybody, anybody who's in uh, any kind of um, uh, important position inside the company. And um, let's see here. Uh, such other topics um, as the company or the majority of the independent board. Uh, so the, anyways, I won't bore you to death here to getting into this stuff. Essentially, um, don't expect uh, Elon to be tweeting too much about Tesla <laughs> in the future. <laughs> uh, he has severely cut off a lot of his tweets and stuff. So... Um, the bottom line is that, um, yeah, there's no punishment, uh, but you're going to see a lot less activity as far as him talking about um, this kind of stuff because it all has to be pre-approved. So, um, then, uh, call it an era, end of an era? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think we'll still see things. It's just a matter of just having someone sign off on it beforehand. Yeah. Which, which is, look, it's you. we like Elon sort of unabridged, unguarded um, sort of uh, in a way that I think uh, any one of us with uh, some wine spursers on a Saturday night might talk <laughs> to people in our, in our circles. Um, but I look, Elon has gifted the world a lot of great ideas. Uh, he's been very receptive to comments from the public at large, whether they're Tesla owners or prospective owners. Um, he's even uh, spoken with detractors, uh, trying to educate them on on the ways of Tesla and, and what their overall missions are. Um, so if, if there's now someone saying, look, we're, we're just going to make sure it's okay, we're going to dot every I and cross every T before you tweet, uh, is it going to inhibit, obviously, what he can say? Sure, um, but I, I don't. I don't see it. I, I think the frequency in which he's responding is going to be much limited. But I don't. I don't really see it as as a hurtful thing long term because they will at least respond in kind to those that are asking general questions. They will take feedback from people. Um, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think the way of Tesla is not changing, even if he's going to tweet less frequently. Uh, it's just a matter of just having someone's eyes on it to make sure that it's it's a-okay. The one thing that I like about Elon, aside from his humor and stuff, is that he has um, he has a great way of taking constructive criticism. He actually encourages it. 
Mm-hmm. I, I've not seen a lot of people like that. I mean, look, we're human beings. We don't like to be criticized. We always think that we're right and what we do is right and stuff. Uh, so it really takes a special kind of person to be able to take constructive criticism in a good way. Nobody likes non-constructive criticism because it doesn't get you anywhere. But he has an innate ability to be able to accept it and act on it. So um, I've never seen anybody... Uh, from any CEO of any company, do anything uh, close like this. So uh, I appreciate that he's on Twitter and stuff. Um, yeah, last year got a little nuts there with some of the stuff that was going on with the with the tie cavers and you know the four twenties and you know and the Joe Rogan thing. And and I, I'm going to attribute some of that to stress because you know 2018 was a pretty rough year for him. But um, yeah, I just feel that. Uh, you know, just judging from what he's been saying recently and stuff, he's been laying off a lot of that stuff. I also, I, I was going to say really quickly, and I'll let Ian uh, chime in here, but my overall thing too is that, and as someone who's struggled with mental health before, and I'm not certainly inferring that, e, that Elon has any problem with this, but when you're in the public eye like that, celebrity, CEO, anyone, you are the target of every kind of audience there is. And there are a lot of people who have been trying to find everything they can on Tesla and Elon and the company to sort of try to find a weakness and hit it. Um, oh, yeah. You know, Avengers Endgame is a big thing now. So, you know, obviously it's, it's, like, it's like you're fighting Thanos. You're, you're trying to find the thing that's going to obviously uh, end it all. And for Elon to not only be the face in front of Tesla, but there's SpaceX, uh, there was a time before that where it was PayPal and all the different ventures he's done. There's all the AI stuff he's getting into. So he he is, by and large, always doing something somewhere. Uh, he is, his issue with sleep has been long talked about. Uh, he himself has admitted a number of times in various interviews that he doesn't uh, get a lot of sleep. Uh, he was known for a time for sleeping in the factory floor, uh, or at least on a very uncomfortable sofa, as it were. <laughs> so... I think I think we need to just collectively just take a step back and understand that yes, it is. I, I can't imagine what the stress level is like for him in this position, um, but for for him to be as front facing and as as public accessible as he has been uh, for all this time uh, running Tesla is um, uh, n- nothing short of amazing if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Ian, I'd, I'd like to uh, have your thoughts as well on this. No, I think you guys nailed it. I don't really think I can add too much to it. Um, well I just I think we're we're gonna get a lot more meme tweets. I'm I'm, I'm down with that. That's fine. <laughs> I I just hope that uh, it it seems that production hell is largely over, and I hope that he has more time for himself and his family and yeah. relaxing a little bit. Yeah, not big to time. say. Not, not to say that they won't have more, more production hell with maybe some other vehicles. Largely, I'm hoping Model Y, I mean, if they copy what they did with Model 3, and should semi. be hopefully smoother and some other cars too. So um, the, the one takeaway from production hell, obviously, is they've, they've learned. They've mm-hmm. learned what to do and what not to do. So hopefully they don't tr- uh, rock the boat too much and uh, repeat the same mistakes. I mean, I'm sure they're going through that. They don't want to do that again. <laughs> The, the assembly line in the tens for Model Three, I think, was a great success. Oh, yeah. um, that, that helped a lot, and I know with you know they're now expanding in UK and Europe, and hopefully China's going to come online pretty soon. Like we're, I, I think to your point, we're we're going to see less and less of the stresses that came with these different deadlines. Um, I know that there was news uh, in the last twenty four hours of uh, them trying to get more capital, uh, so they sort of uh, yeah. 
balance their books a bit for the quarter, um, which they're pretty much close to doing, if not already. So there's they're they're going to eventually get steady. The goal, I think, was what two calls ago, two investor calls ago, where they said that you know from this point forward we're going to always show a profit every quarter. Um, you know, if they're going to try to hold to that um, that mark every quarter, then that might add some stress from time to time. But um, I mean, so far the company's uh, to me it's 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 healthy. Um, but I think more importantly, it's we want Elon to just remain healthy. So yeah, I think they're. I mean. Production hell is largely over. Now they're in logistics hell. They're still, yeah. you know, trying to figure out. I mean, even at the last call, they said that they're 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 changing the way that they do production in the car. So instead of front ending, they're going to try and do more of a product mix yeah. as they go. They still have uh, issues with deliveries. I'm still getting reports of people where you know they've dropped the ball. Um, yeah. I mean, it, these are just things that that will Cut get solved service. in due time. They're going to find. I mean, they'll find the right formula eventually. It just takes a little time to get there. So yeah, and the company's not even ten years old yet. 16. Or 10, 10-ish, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, next little one here. We have two more little bits to talk about tonight. Um, we don't like to talk about consumer re- reports too much, but we did find an article from these guys uh, where they were asking, uh, they had a poll, and they're talking about choose an inf- infotainment system you like, which is um, basically explaining the most important features to look for and benefits of a smartphone-based systems. Now, this is relating to cars, because there's been a shift, obviously, started with Tesla to do uh, touch-based infotainment systems. Instead of being third-party developed, it's more internal. Now, since then, of course, over the last few years, we've had the advent of things like CarPlay and Android uh, Auto, which are um, infotainment systems designed to integrate with car audio systems that are built into the operating systems of the two most popular uh, uh, smartphone platforms on the, in the world. And uh, they've done fairly well. It's taken a, f- uh, a few years for most of the car manufacturers to actually start implementing this. But um, I know uh, Volkswagen, uh, for example, started introducing this in 2018. Um, some others have started maybe the year before. So it's starting to happen on some of these things. So um, they actually came back, and uh, we're going to show the results here at the bottom. The highest rating, surprisingly enough, is Tesla. They get uh, 86% score, and um, basically they rated it uh, audio calls and navigation. So Tesla gets very high marks on all of those. BMW comes in second with their iDrive system, which is gesture-based control system. I've tried it. It's it's not too bad. Um, Genesis, which I'm going to assume is the higher-end... Hyundai. Hyundai, Hyundai, right. Thank you. Interestingly, Ford Lincoln coming in with Ford Sync in the fourth position. Now, my... (laughs) <laughs> my Lincoln had a uh, sync, um, and it, but it was sync too, and it, it not so good. Sorry, <laughs> laggy, slow. Uh, sync three is based on um, the QNX operating system, which I think is owned by BlackBerry, if I remember correctly. It's more of a real-time operating system, so it's slightly better, but it's it's not anywhere near like a Tesla or anything like that. Um, I personally, if I was to get a car, I would really opt for something like Android Auto or um, CarPlay, if you guys had a chance to play with that. Um, those those technologies, I think, have legs. And I think for most of the manufacturers, instead of rolling your own, I think a lot of them are starting to go that way because it divorces them from having to deal with it. They can just do what they need to do as far as the car system is concerned. And because more and more people want a connected device in their car, that it makes more sense for them to do one of those things. The other thing that I've noticed a lot with some of the newer cars is it seems to be, now I could be wrong, 
it seems to be more difficult to change the head units in most of these newer cars. Remember there was a time when you could just rip out the radio and just put your own in? Yeah. yeah. They did many it's, times. It's it's getting it seems to be getting harder. Harder. In a lot of cars it's virtually impossible. Yeah. I mean you, you have to buy like half the dash. Like there's like increasingly more complex kits you can buy to to do retrofits on them. Mm-hmm. It's getting to the point where kind of why would you? Um, because I worked in the automotive actor market so long, I, I'm still friends with some some of the higher end shops that do automotive audio here in Montreal. And I mean, it's 10% of what that business was, you know, 15, 20 years ago. But the, the new trend now is to build onto the factory system. In other words, work with the factory head unit because it's they're pretty much embedded into the car mm-hmm. and improve the rest. And you still have to go through huge gyrations because some of these systems now have like two, three, four amplifiers and they're split into different frequency ranges. And it's a deep rabbit hole to dig down. But, I mean, you got to know somebody who knows what they're doing to, to tap in there and fix them. But I people think are still most- doing it. Yeah, I think the most interesting one, and we haven't seen it yet because the car's not in production yet, but what um, Volvo is going to do with their Polestar line, right? With the new Polestar where they've got the vertical screen, but they've they've actually built in essentially Android, which is, uh, and and uh, they're working in concert with, uh, with Google uh, to offer a very Tesla-like interface based on Google's Android system, specifically designed for their car. So I hope that that has legs. Um, for those guys, I just hope that they don't do a lot of the usual Android things with a lot of data tracking and stuff because it is Google after all. So um, hopefully um, they'll they'll nail that down. They say that they're going to offer apps on that system. Again, I hope they're completely vetted in the sense because the last thing you need is some kind of app that you can download on the uh, Android Play Store. And I've seen it before because I've had both phones over the years. Uh, you get something that might have a virus in it and uh, who knows what they could do to the cars. Um, and I think largely that's why Tesla has yet to open or probably will never open their SDK. There was some talk a number of years ago, I think back in 2013, they said, well, we might open it up and write apps. That is yet to materialize. And I think in a lot of ways, Tesla's decided we're not going to go down that road. It just opens up too many vectors of, uh, of intrusion on the cars. Uh, security is very important on these things. You know, as more cars get more and more connected, um, you can't be having that stuff uh, going on. I mean, we, we had that experience with... Um, was it Chrysler a number of years ago, right? Some hackers basically yep. were able to stop the car on command because yep. they were able to get into the braking system and stop it. So security is real important on these connected cars. Before uh, we go into our last story of our rundown, which uh, is a doozy, <laughs> I do have some breaking news. Oh, we love breaking news. Thank you, Eric. What yeah, do sure. we have today? So uh, there were reports earlier today, um, our friends at Testify on Twitter had announced that software version 2019. 12.1.2 was detected in the Tesla Model S 100D with Autopilot 2.5 software. Um, Our other friend on Twitter, uh, known as Purple Model 3, Nate, uh, Nate. he now also has the same software. And the reason why I announced this is because Tesla has today, just announced moments ago, uh, courtesy of their um, blog, two advanced safety features now being deployed to all vehicles built from August 2016 and newer, starting with Model 3. The two features are lane departure avoidance and emergency lane departure avoidance. So I'm going to read a little bit off this blog here, so I know reading is boring, but uh, bear with me just a moment here. You you talk, I'm going to bring it up. I found it. Go ahead. Sure, no problem. So today we're introducing two new safety features designed to help prevent drivers from inadvertently departing their lane, which our data shows is a common cause of accidents when autopilot is not in use. These new features help drivers stay engaged and in their lane in order to avoid collisions. So lane departure avoidance 
lane departure avoidance, excuse me, lets a driver elect to have corrective steering applied in order to keep them in their intended lane. When the feature is in use and a driver is departing a lane without their turn signal on, the car will also check to see whether a driver's hands are on the wheel. If a driver's hands are not detected on the wheel, the driver will receive a series of hands-on reminders and alerts, similar to the ones that our cars provide to customers who use autopilot. If a driver's hands are repeatedly not detected on the wheel when traffic-aware cruise control is in use, the car will gradually slow down to 15 miles below the speed limit or below the car's set speed and turn its hazard lights on. This feature can be turned on or off and works at speeds between 25 and 90 miles per hour. It is an extension of lane departure warning, which already warns drivers through a steering wheel vibration if they begin to drift out of their lane without their turn signal engaged. And the other feature here is emergency lane departure avoidance. It is designed to steer a Tesla vehicle back into the driving lane if the system detects that it's departing its lane and there could be a collision or if the car is close to the edge of the road. This feature will automatically be enabled at the beginning of every drive, but can be turned off for a single drive by going to the autopilot controls menu. So those new features are being deployed as part of the 2019.12.1.2 software release, which begins its rollout today. Awesome. You got to like this. <laughs> These constant changes. I mean, I just got 12.1 this morning. Yeah, and I, I got uh, .1 a few days ago. Um, you know, the, the, here's here's what I like. So I know you did a video today, Trev, of some of your updates in your Model X. Oh, which, it was a quick and dirty one. It wasn't a full quick and dirty one, but at least it highlights some of the new features <laughs> there. Which, but I have yet to play the new uh, Atari games myself. Uh, neither have I. Um, but it, it's some of the things that, first of all, the, to see the software update is great. Because when I went to my car the next morning, it showed me the navigation maps were downloading. And when I drove away, because I left my home Wi-Fi, uh, it indicated like I, you know, we got to finish this later. Make sure you connect to a Wi-Fi network. So it's good that you can see that, oh, my gosh, the maps are downloading, uh, which you really couldn't tell before. Was that in the software button down at, um, in the yeah. screen? Oh, okay. Button. Mm -hmm. You saw it there. And I could tell when it was gone because at some point when I came home, I had the update. And then I went back to my car the next day and saw that the progress bar was already gone. Um, so that there's a lot of good updates now. But now I'm interested. Like, again, these cars are now getting safer through software updates after we bought the car. Um, and these were sort of unannounced. I didn't really see these coming, but again, it's all improving their safety. Um, and going back to the insurance thing we started off on the show, um, there may be levels of coverage where if you have autopilot on your cars and these features are available for you, <laughs> your premium might also be lower. Now that's, that's the projection from some of the early reporting we're getting. But, um, but no, this is this is good news for those of us that are listening to the show. Maybe by the time you hear the show, uh, you've already received the update. Uh, if that's the case, let us know um, you know how your car handles it because we'd like to see uh, some information on the feedback. I have a feeling, because it just jogs something in my memory, because these were added, and this is part of Autopilot, and it's part of safety, it kind of ties in with um, uh, one of the, and I forget the gentleman's name, but Elon had him on a earnings call. I think mm -hmm. it was about three quarters ago. Um, they said that um, one of the things that they were going to do, oh, I know what it was. It was in conjunction when they announced the Autopilot um, 3 hardware. Mm. This was in the summer of last year. And they said that they were going to be working on more safety features based on what Autopilot could detect. So this could be the first start of some of those... Uh, those promised features. Um, 
I will say it again, I suspect that there may be some extra features, maybe not necessarily safety related, but some other stuff that will be coming that will require the new FSD computer that are not disclosed yet. So I'm just laying it out there just in case they do release something and they say, oh, by the way, it requires the new FSD computer just for those um, you know who might still be sitting on the fence. I don't know. It's just a hunch. I don't, I don't have uh, formal information on that. But just because Tesla says our end goal is to do this doesn't mean they can't release some other stuff that they dream up in the meantime that could possibly require the computer. So, anyways, thank you for the breaking news, man. That's you awesome. Are I, love, I, I love that. Seems to happen. <laughs> I'm so busy running things here that I, I miss a lot of stuff. Seems to happen on a weekly basis on the show. Yeah, well, you know, maybe it's one of the perks of running things on a Thursday, I guess. At night, too, when Tesla, at least their end of their working day in California. Well, exactly. That does help, you know, when they release these things. That, because they could be potentially market moving. So they do the announcements after uh, uh, close. All right. The last one that we, uh, last article or information, a really cool video uh, that surfaced this week, a couple of days ago, um, showed up on CNBC. And I tweeted this out. Um, I wasn't the first one. But it got a lot of traction. So... And the rumor that was going around that they had, CNBC had aired this and had cut out some of the parts in there and were hunting down the videos or whatever. Anyway, so I grabbed it. I put it on my YouTube channel just for safekeeping. I won't play the video in entirety, but you guys have probably seen this. They uh, brought an investor on. His name is uh, Chamath Palahapatia. Uh, I forgot his name. Okay, good. Thank you. It's a difficult name. But anyways, if you haven't seen this video... Man, are you missing out. This guy gets Tesla and he nails it. And yep. uh, it's amazing. It's worth the eight minutes of your life to watch this thing. Any, I'll tell you, if you have anybody in your family or friends, whatever, who don't get Tesla and they're talking smack, just give them this video. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It is, it is brilliant. I'll put a link in, in the podcast and the video um, uh, for the for the podcast and you guys can watch it. Highly recommend you watch it now. Uh, I know Eric, you had tweeted out some really good quotes from it. Um, mm -hmm. Do you remember roughly what he said? I remember one of them. <laughs> he made a comment about the zoons, right? Guy, you know, because because yeah. the the host was complaining about, well, there's competition coming. There's competition. There's Tesla killers. And he says, when the iPod came out, I remember buying all the zoons in my area. And when the iPhone came that out, that didn't work out so well. The, yeah. All the Motorola's. So the uh, the tweet that I liked the most, the quote that I thought was really kind of stuck out to me. Yep. Uh, with the entire thing really was about um, at the it was towards the very end of the video where he said betting against entrepreneurs that are changing the world has never been a profitable endeavor why start now um, it's it's a very profound question uh, because oftentimes we we encounter that I sort of encountered this too because I mean I ran for political office and I had these very grand ideas about what my community should be doing and a lot of the naysayers go well you can't do that you can't do this it's impossible you have all these obstacles there's all these different uh, regulatory issues and so forth and if you follow politics in Canada if you follow politics here in the states if you follow politics wherever you are in the world of course we have a lot of followers overseas I mean, there's ongoing issues there too when when you're faced with a challenge Sometimes the very grand ideas tend to invite the greatest criticisms. And Elon has, and this is something that I thought was really a great summary of the interview, which is people who critique Tesla and their, and their actions, especially with Elon being the face of the company, they tend to go, well, but, but, but. 
yeah, sure, he's doing this, but what do we think about that? You know, this is a concern and so forth. And I'm thinking Tesla and Elon are doing things that has never been done before by any auto manufacturer, by seldom an entrepreneur. Um, there's been visionaries that are like Elon that have great ideas for some stuff in their own various business sectors um, that have faced some of the same criticisms that Elon has. And um, Paula Habatia is essentially telling people, what did you expect for him to do? I mean, he's, he's, he's doing this very advanced thing. We're trying to combat climate change. I mean, he was talking about in the video that if you had a guy, if, if I give you a golf club and I put a cup out and there were some San Francisco Bay backdrops, so if I, if I put a cup out there and I give you a million hits, you maybe once, maybe twice will land the cup or the ball in the cup. Mm-hmm. But Elon could do it 20 times, 10 times, whatever it is. And, and his point there is that that's just the kind of gifted talent that he is. He just has that innate thing. Um, so all in all, what, what the video really echoed is, and, and look, the, the moderator for CNBC did a good job of asking, I think, good questions. He wasn't, he was sort of being the devil's advocate, I think, in the interview for the majority of it. Um, and half the interview is very centric on wall street and, and economics, which if you're not that keen on it, you're hearing terms, you're like, who? I don't know that. (laughs) Um, but at the end of the day, Uh, eight minutes just at, when it's all said and done you want to just kind of cheer uh for the defense of the company because ideally he's saying elon is in a in a sort of in a in a very difficult position where if he doesn't do the things the way he's doing it the company is not going to be the success that it is and essentially you know he was asked like if you were to do this all over again would you continue buying oh sure would you do that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, because he, he sees why this is significant. Not just the what, but the why. And the why is the big part of that. So I, I found the interview just astounding. I'm glad that there's now uh, copies of this uh, on multiple channels that I've seen already, <laughs> uh, ours included. But, um, yeah, I, I would be remiss if I didn't tell people, you really should watch this video. If for nothing else, just to understand that uh, an investor, you know, we, we, we see so much on social media, specifically on Twitter, all of the uh, the the Teslaks, the TSLAQs are always questioning, Tesla Q, yeah. you know, all the all the way the things that Tesla does. Uh, this is someone who's basically in that ilk of investors who's raising his hand, going, "Yeah, I would invest in them a million times over and never think twice about it." Two things from this video or this interview that I want to mention. First of all, the host is very restrained. He he asks the usual questions that people off the street who don't know Tesla, mm-hmm. who haven't been following them, will ask, and it prompts them with the proper questions. The other thing, too, is he lets uh, Palahapitiya actually talk instead of interrupting. Yeah. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Now, Palahapitiya also makes a really good point at the end, and, he, and I'm glad he spelled that out because... Um, I don't think a lot of people really, I mean, when you talk to people who don't follow Tesla, all they hear is, oh, they're, they're going bankrupt. They might be going out of, out of business and, and all this other stuff. But he makes a point at the end of the video that the negativity that you hear is from people that have a vested interest in making sure that they don't uh, succeed. And these are the hedge funds and the noisy, nasty, noisy negativists, as I call them, on Twitter, um, who are always out uh, attacking the company. Now, specifically, they 
they don't seem to harp so much on the cars so much because he also made a point that I mean, when you sit in this car, it changes your expectations. Why are there other cars like this? Um, but more importantly, he makes a point to saying that they're attacking Elon and they don't like his style. And that's the thing that they have a problem with, right? And they don't get it. So I'm glad that he actually pointed out those things. And, I, and that's one of the reasons I want to share this out with people and people who don't understand what's going on. To, to separate, like he said in the, in the interview, to, to, sa- to separate the facts and the company away from the noise. Mm-hmm. Because too much people are paying attention to the noise and not understanding the fundamentals underneath. Yep. Well said. Ian? Word. <laughs> Word. <laughs> no, I, I mean, uh, who is it that he went after from MSNBC? Was it Jim Cranos? Jim Chanos. Jim Chanos. Jim Chanos. Okay, it was Jim Chanos that he went after. That's right. I, I thought that was brilliant because you yeah, know, he's the one, the one time every 10 years. He only yeah, makes money yeah. once every 10 years. I was like, wow. Okay. My understanding is that that's, that's the part they actually cut out from the video. Uh, well, yeah, but it's weird though, is if you go back, it's kind of like that created its own blowback. And now if you go on, um, if you search some of the MSNBC headlines, um, with, you know, with the names involved, that comes back as like, oh yeah, you know, like he laid, he laid the slap down, uh, the, the, the smack yeah. down on, uh, on Jim Chano. So it's kind of like, I think, I think they realize that's getting more clicks and, and more traffic than anything else from the, well, from well, the interview. It, it so just they're goes, just going to cash in on it. It, it. it just goes to prove the headlines is what they're after. Well, yeah. It has very little substance of what's actually going on. It just likes to see them eat one of their own in the interest of making money. <laughs> well, you, know? you know what? This is something that's been irking me for a long time. Uh, and so I'm, I'm not going to get upset here, but this is my complaint overall with the money market. Um, I do not like a lot of the investor talks that go out there where, you know, this person is going to put some recommendation as to a buy or sell on a stock. doesn't matter where the company is. It could be Apple, Tesla, Google, anybody. And what they'll do is, you know, let's say, well, I think Tesla's future is da, 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 da. I think they're going to have issues with their cars. They're going to, so they're prognosticators. But then when you often look at where their rankings are, Oh, this uh, person's number 173 out of 206. Like, yeah. I'm not going to take that person's guidance on anything. It'd be like if I went to Yelp and I looked at the 116th review on a restaurant and just go, okay, what does that guy say? Oh, he thinks the eggs could be a little bit better. It's one person's advice. It does not mean that, you know, it's, it's right or wrong. Um, but why do we give so much credence to investors who are largely not respected who are not um who don't have a, a long documented history of successes in their industry you know i'm not gonna oh, I'm, answer that one real quick it's it's because it's clickbait because if yeah. it's you know if these are the guys talking smack against tesla it doesn't matter what the rating are pete that will get viewers that will get clicks yeah, on the article the, the negativity draws more attention than yes comments and it, what, it's a cancer in the in the uh negativity over credibility it's well, been going that, on that, for the last 25 years. It's, say, it's out that, of control. That's pervasive across social media now. The the We've given – anyone now has a voice to critique whatever they want. And if they're if they make enough noise – that's the term used in this interview. If they're making enough noise, people look at that. They're, they're the fireworks that are sort of the sounds back there. You're looking for them. You can't see where the firework is. You just – you hear it. You know it's there. Um, it's a thunder and a storm, which means the lightning was here at some point, but now all that's left is the thunder. And my my overall contention is, can we just agree to not do that anymore? Like, I, I understand it's flashy. It's great. You want to see it. 
But why? I, I, I don't understand why we're giving so much attention to people who in the grand scheme of things are, are minute and, and nothing. They're nothing. Um, it's just, it's weird. It's just weird that that's where we're, we're at. And the, the market economy is driven by some guy who's sitting at home in front of his computer on a, on a Tuesday morning reading his newspaper with a cup of joe, if he even reads the paper. On, a, on his toilet, no less. On his, or, you know, whatever it is in, in basketball <laughs> shorts and a tank top. And he's on a conference call, like, all right, guys, we're gonna, what are we going to do today? We're going to sell, we're going to sell, we're going to one, one, four, four, Like, no, that's kind of, that's not, I mean, seriously, it, it, it's just, it's weird. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> any close, any, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note. Um, well, like I said, it highly recommend that you check out the video if you haven't done so, because it, uh, you know, be one of the best eight minutes of your life if you ever watched. If you're a fan of Tesla, maybe not. It doesn't matter, but I think anybody who really likes what Tesla's doing and believes in what Elon's doing, I mean, universally, wow. all agree. This guy I, gets it. I'd go a step further, Trevor. I, I, this is something I've shown to a number of people who don't understand Tesla and have a lot of the same concerns. And I thought, you know, watch this guy's take on it. You know, like I think for a lot of people who are on the fence, I mean, if you're a Tesla hater, it doesn't matter. You could. There's no convincing you, but for someone who's a little bit, you know, either critical or on the fence, I think this is a good solid piece to sort of make them understand it. Very articulate, like a nice clean Very image of articulate. of why yeah. there's there's a huge future in this company. Yeah, and, I and, wish I wish there were more people like like this guy. Yeah, and I also think that what what I think is undercut and, and undervalued a lot of times when we're talking about Tesla is their energy division. To me, yeah. the cars are a big part of it. That's the thing that we see all the time because they're they're mobile, but their energy storage, their solar roofing, all the different things they're doing now with energy, to me, is going to be much more significant. Um, I mean, Puerto Rico, uh, you know, now there's talks here in the U.S. of trying to get it to be a, the 51st state and to give um, remedies for their debt and stuff like that. But one of the major stories that came out last year after Hurricane Maria was um, in Puerto Rico, um, Tesla brought energy storage solutions to the island to get them back online so they can start getting, um, you know, basically their lives back to normal again for as best as best they could. Um, you know, we're seeing energy solutions just popping up all the time around the world. I, it, to, I really, really wish moving forward there'd be more coverage about that. Um, I, know, I know part of it is just how much stuff they can make and when they can get it out there. Florida's trying, I mean, Florida's the sunshine state and there's still like roadblocks for getting Tesla solar down here. Um, but to me, I think in the next 10 to 20 years, that might be more significant for Tesla's bottom line than cars. I would tend to agree. It's still in its infancy right now. Right now they're just production constrained. They've said so. They don't have enough cells to handle the power walls or even the power packs at this at this point. I mean, it's one of the reasons they had problems with Model 3 production early on because they shifted some of that production over for the power packs for Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, uh, you know, they get that stuff sorted out. If they can uh, fill out some of the uh, the, the Gigafactory and uh, work with Panasonic, uh, maybe they'll remove some of those constraints and um, they can move forward. But yeah, there's a lot of potential for that in, for that side of the business. But they only have so many resources, so they have to... Uh, I mean, even the solar panel the Gigafactory in Buffalo. I mean, it's been... I mean, there's been a lot of reports about that, that it, uh, it's not really going anywhere. So, uh, you know, there, there are some segments of the business that uh, that certainly need some more TLC, and uh, I'm sure they will give it the attention once they get past some of these uh, other roadblocks. They have some priorities, and that's profitability. they got to stay profitable because without money, they can't keep running the business. 
All right. Well, that really brings us to the end of the show. Uh, you'll notice that we didn't take viewer, listener, or questions this week because we just had so much to talk about. Uh, so we will hold some of that stuff until next week. So watch for a tweet either Wednesday or Thursday of next week soliciting for some, uh, some more questions and stuff. We really appreciate it. It's one of the favorite things of the show, but we just had so much to cover. So if you have something, just wait. We'll answer it next week. Anyhow, so that's the end of the show. Um, Eric, since you're on the screen, where can people find you if they want to have a chit-chat with you? Sure. You guys can find me on Twitter. The handle is ECFIX. That is E-C-F-I-X. Excellent. And Ian, gentlemen, where can they find you? Well, before we do that, I'm going to um, work in a real quick plug because uh, the next three days I'm going to be down at uh, Place Bonaventure here in Montreal for the Salon du Véhicule Électrique, the Montreal Electric Vehicle Show, which I think is going to be a huge smash hit in light of the new uh, federal incentives. I think we're going to get a lot of traffic. We had about 24,000 people uh, out last year for that show. Huge. So uh, the company I work for, Fast Wheels, is going to have our booth there again, um, twice the size of what we had last year, and Magneto himself is on display in the booth wearing a new set of our Fast EV line wheels. We're doing Yay. a brand, yeah, this is the official launch for the line. We're doing um, one of the world's first EV-specific brands of wheels, um, lightweight, flow-formed, and tomorrow we're taking the official drape off the 3D-printed prototype of the EV01 Plus which is our full aero aftermarket wheel. Yeah, you guys developed your own aero wheel type. Of we did. We did, yeah. It looks yeah. really good, too. I you know, the, Wait till you see the, the actual 3D oh, print. It's so awesome. Eric and I have seen them. It looks yeah. amazing. Yeah, it, it came out fantastic. So that's going to be the centerpiece. We're going to do the reveal on it tomorrow. Excellent. So, yeah, very stoked about that. So if anyone near Montreal in the next three days, uh, please come down, say hi. Uh, I would love to see you. And uh, if you have any questions on it, certainly hit me up on Twitter, at uh, Ian Pavelko. And you can also find me on um, Tesla Owners Online, uh, Mad Hungarian. And finally, if uh, you are so inclined and you're looking for the Weapon of Mass Adoption shirts or the classic Evolve wear, that is all still available. And uh, soon to be Model Y version of Excellent. the Evolve shirt. Yes, yes, working on that right now. That's as usual, yeah, as usual, the links will be in the video yeah. description if you'd like to get one of those. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, thank you for being on the show. As usual, you can also find me on Twitter. The model, uh, the handle is Model Three Owners. And uh, don't forget to check me out on the forum. Uh, that's uh, TeslaOwnersOnline.com. And if you like the show and you'd like to uh, support us, uh, please have a look at our Patreon page. You can find that at Patreon.com forward slash Model Three Owners Club. I'm not changing the URL. Everybody knows it. We're going to leave it like that. <laughs> so a big thank you to all of our um, our Patreon supporters. And uh, lastly, want to say a big thanks to our three sponsors. That's Dulaban Insurance. Evan X and our great friends at Fine Lab Ceramic Coatings who do such a great, great job of uh, keeping the lights on and uh, bringing you awesome products for your Tesla vehicles. That's it for this week, and we will catch you next time. Thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. See ya.